I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we talk about the things we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and with me, as always, we're, we're back from our brief little weird hiatus. It is Nick Shermooksness. Nick, hello. Hey, was it brief? It feels like it's been forever, well, honestly. Well, I mean, we released some stuff in the in the interim. <laughs> stuff came out. Yeah, 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 yeah I guess that's true. Yeah, that's true. For for people who did not, I mean, you, you may have noticed not been an episode for a minute. If you didn't listen to the schedule update, we are moving to a uh, a biweekly release schedule for the moment. Uh, so you'll be getting episodes all right, bi-monthly. You know, I never know which one it's supposed to be. Um, that's the, not what they pay me for. It's just we're, we're, we're going to do two episodes a month for a while. Just two episodes a month. And this yeah. is uh, this is our first episode coming back and with that schedule. Is bi-monthly just like every two months or can it be twice in a month? Like, can it go both ways? Because bi-weekly does feel like every two weeks, but bi-monthly you feel like should be every two months. I think, I think like that phrasing can go, it can go much like the prefix uh, implies it can go both ways. So I, I feel like it can, it can fit into that every two weeks or every, you know, every other month or twice a month. It's a very progressive word. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was there before it's time. Speaking of there before it's time, I don't know what that means. I just needed a transition to bring in our great guest. We have uh, not had him on in in a minute. Uh, we were trying to totally recall. We had him on for, and then I remembered it was total recall. That's right. It's the one, the only Brandon Cruz. Brandon, welcome back to the show. Oh hey, thank you for having me back after after all these after all these years. So. <laughs> So, so now the truth is actually, did we in fact do Total Recall? Or did we just think that we did Total oh, Recall? Are we I... actually spot moon, Mars? Oh god, I forgot everything. We're 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 in a lobotomy right now, all three of us in our own individual lobotomies. Yep. Nick, you have to pull out um a giant bulb from your own face. Oh my god, that's right. Freaking love that <laughs> movie. Thank you so much for bringing that into my life. You're you're very you're very welcome. You know, it the thing the thing with nostalgia is is sometimes you don't know if if it's good or if you know it it's just your whatever your opinion of or your perspective as a young man or or young woman ends up being at the time. So I'm thrilled when I hear that I've I've introduced something that people actually like and that I'm justified in in liking it as well. Dave, I don't know. Sure, I'm not sure if you actually liked it, but oh, oh, Total Recall. Yeah, I've I've loved. Uh, I, I mean, I'd, I'd seen Total Recall before and knew how ridiculous it was, uh, and I'd, yeah, still still enjoyed it all this time later. Like I, right. I watched it, and then I told my wife, now wife, about it, and then she was curious enough to also watch it, and also now loves the movie. So it's yes. spread. Yes, it's spreading <laughs> like a virus. That's what I. That's what I try to do. So the next variation is going to be the the total recall <laughs> the variant, total recall variant. the Schwarzenegger hey. variant. <laughs> hey, uh, I I didn't want to interrupt during your during your uh, bi monthly conversation, uh-huh. but but fortnightly is what I end up using. Oh, fort fortnightly is twice a month. Oh. So you know, put that there in you your uh, little uh, little time uh, description. Okay. Well, apparently we're coming out fortnightly, and that does not mean we release exclusively on Fortnite. Um, but I would if they paid me. If you want to just blast I mean, this Fortnite podcast, wants to, wants to host our podcast in their their battle royale. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Tune in Tuesdays for a new Nick and David skin on yeah. Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Thanos, Rick and Rick and Morty, uh, Master Chief, and uh, some banana guy with arms are all like waving around, being like, "Yeah, we love this show." Uh, speaking of, speaking of Rick and Morty, I know, uh, the new season's over, right? I don't follow Rick and Morty, uh, but Brandon, (laughs) you do, you do several shows. I know that they, uh, they kind of come and go ebb and flow with time and release schedules. Apathetic enthusiasm is kind of your, 
your usual one. I know you guys just put out a new episode there. Uh, but tell us a little bit about your shows, what you do. Uh, the new season of Rick and Morty was recent, and I bet you guys probably had lots to say about that. Well, I just <laughs> want to say real quick that I have not seen season five yet, but I do enjoy myself some Rick and Morty. Okay, continue. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, season five, if you have HBO Max or Hulu, I think is going to be there like around March 4th or so. Ooh, so heck, if, heck yeah. yeah. If you have either of them, you can, you'll can you be able to find them there. But yeah, I I am a host of apathetic enthusiasm, as you said, which is just a kind of generic pop culture podcast that, that we talk about. Basically it was, it went through a bunch of different phases and now it's just me and my, my buddy Travis just BSing for, for however long we talk about 3d printing and uh, painting miniatures. The last two episodes, it's a, it's a thing we do, but uh, the Rick and Morty stuff, we have interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast, which we mm. are, We've been doing a very long time. We've been doing since 2015. And uh, yeah, we we got into the business of doing that, waiting for season three. Uh, and then we've just continued to go for for five seasons now. There'll be three, four more seasons by the time we're all done with it. And it's it's fun. It's fun. It's It's interesting to see how the show's changing and getting folks from the show on there to do little interviews here and there. Oh, uh, cool. We had the, uh, the executive producer uh, not too long ago, um, the butter robot. If you're a Rick and Morty fan, uh, there's a, there's a, an episode early on in season one where there's a, a butter robot whose only purpose is to pass butter. Oh, even I know that. I don't watch Rick and Morty. Even I know that <laughs> joke. Yeah. So the, there's a company out there, uh, digital dream labs who are creating an actual uh, robotic butter robot that has AI learning in it. And we'll we'll learn and, and talk to you and all that type of stuff. And so we've we've talked with the CEO of that to bring him on, uh, and and give us updates on on where they are in like the awesome. engineering process, which is actually really cool too. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's 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 what we do with Rick and Morty. And then I I also kind of produce. I say produce very very loosely. I basically just record and and edit uh, these two guys rounding the bases, and that's more of a a sports kind of based bot podcast. So. Which I'm not a sports guy, which is why I don't do a lot of the time. <laughs> you just you you make it sound good. Yeah, and and that's you know loose on that as well. But <laughs> I I put it together and it's coherent. I think there, that's there the go. best. I like I like how modest you are, Brandon. Because like like or in the beginning you were just like I have this generic podcast. You know, like you just you're just so humble, and it's like I'm sure it's a vet, like you know really exciting like great conversation. But it's like it's generic. You know, it's just. You know, store brand cereal. I, I, I get. I'm a, I get. I'm that. a bad. I'm a bad salesman. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. I don't. I don't like talking myself up. I don't know. Like, it's there's the so best much... damn podcast in the world, Brandon. <laughs> Own it. I. This I, is the best damn podcast. Oh, you guys are the best. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to fight well, you on you. that. No. There can only be one. Something. Something. Highlander. <laughs> well, uh, no, no. That's that's TV. Travis's show. Um, but yeah, Brandon, Brandon's shows are great. Check out Brandon's shows. He is one of the hardest working guys in podcasting and it comes through in his work. And I get that. Like it's, it's tough to self promote people all the time when they find out to do podcasting. It's like, what are you doing? I'm like, eh, well, you know, it's this little show we talk about nostalgia. Like I have a, I have a show, um, it, but, and this won't count because it'll already have, uh, been over by the time this comes out. Like I, I'm booked on a show here in Denver, at uh like a, a comedy show and i realize i have to tell people about it and i'm always like you know uh, if you're not if you're not busy um if it's not like a bother you can come to this show i'm I'm part of when like really i'm like i want everybody i know <laughs> to come to this thing but it's like you know if if you had nothing else going on you can, you can come check it out you want people to support you but you also don't want to make them feel like they have to support you exactly <laughs> exactly like, you want to sneak it in like like put it in like a like drop it in a glass of wine like a like a ring when you're proposing to somebody like you you just you want them to choke on the support for you oh, right damn yeah this is a great <laughs> metaphor <laughs> well speaking of uh great metaphors man man it's been so long as i've done podcasting on the regular my transitions are just all over the place but I'm, I'm leaning into it uh we are talking this week brandon brought our topic and that is the state 
or MTV's the state. Anyway, the state. This the state. This mid-90s sketch comedy show aired on MTV and featured many comedians whose faces you still see working today, even if you don't know their names when you see them. You know, a lot of, like, that guys of comedy really kind of came from the state. Before we dig into it and, and hear all about the history of the show, we need to get to our own personal histories. And Brandon, since you brought it here, it's your pick. Why'd you pick the state? Well, you asked me if I wanted to, to come on the show, if, if I would be interested in, in chatting again. And I, of course, yeah, I'm like, let's let's do it. I've, I'm always I'm always game to to chat with some folks. And so but then the then the biggest challenge there was, oh, crap, what do I actually want to talk about that is important to me? And it went over some like horror films. That was like the first thing that, that came to mind. Uh, and then I was like, well, no, if they need somebody for for. October, then I'll come back for any of that type of stuff. But then I'm like, okay, what about cartoons? A lot of people do cartoons. And then I don't know how this jumped out at me. I might have, oh, you know what? I I, I know what it was. There's a, a skit in one of the, the later seasons, one of the later episodes. Uh, and I I had been talking about it, been thinking about it with some, some coworkers of mine because I am in, I am one of those uh, Bigfoot type people who is in the United States Space Force, right? I'm one of the one of those people. And one of the things they the enlisted folks always want is they want beards. People want beards. Okay. Uh our our soldiers and airmen and uh sailors, they all want they all they all want beards. And there's a skit in the skate in the state that I always think of when I hear this complaint about wanting beards. And it's uh, the bearded men of Space Station 11. And I didn't have you guys watch that. And if you had seen it, you know, good, good on you. But it's basically a group of people in space. There, they all have beards, and this, this guy shows up, uh, played by Michael Showalter, and he says, "I'm here to let you guys know that you cannot grow beards in space. Only aliens can grow beards in space." And it, there's a back and forth about uh, these people in space being like, "But I'm in space, and I have a beard." Anyways, it's. It's not as funny explaining it, but I mean, the Space Force, I've been thinking about that. And so when you asked me, I said, oh, yeah, the state. Yeah, let's talk about that. And that's why I brought it up. Um, yeah, the state came out in like 93. I was uh, I was like 11, 12 years old. And it was on MD MTV during a time where Beavis and Butthead was a thing. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 and uh mtv's oddities the head was a thing um th there was a bunch of stuff on mtv at the time that wasn't just road rules in the real world and road rules <laughs> you know um, yeah continue the, i won't come on for that that episode <laughs> um, and the state was something that jumped out at me is just something like so absurd and so kooky and alternative and something I hadn't seen before as in comedy. There was SNL at the time. I think that was more of like a Phil Hartman type uh, presence, uh, Michael, um, Michael Myers and all, all that type of stuff that the state was completely different and was younger. It felt fresher. Uh, and to like an 11, 12 year old, a lot of that stuff jumped out at me a lot more. Um, so yeah, that, that's a basic history of, of it with the show. And of course I've followed most of their careers, the, the nameless folks that are like, you know, uh, you, you've seen them, you know who they are, but you may not be able to put a face to mm -hmm. a name. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Nick, what about you? What about you in the States? I know you, you, were you, were you up all the time in the mid nineties watching Michael Showalter, David Wayne, Ken Marino? All, all the names. Uh, no, I missed out, I think, on a lot of MTV back in the day. Uh, you know, I, I I was... So this came out in 1994, so I was like... Math. Six <laughs> years old? Five, six years uh -huh, old? Around there. Around there. Um, so probably a bit on the younger side for, for it in particular. But I think as I got a little bit older... 
Um, there were certain shows, like I remember Road Rules. I don't remember how much I watched of it. I think Dario was an MTV show too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure was. I remember sneaking episodes of that. Um, but the state literally had never heard of it. Like, I think when, when David said that we're doing the state, I was like, is that like a Will Smith movie? Which I think is Enemy <laughs> of the State. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Slightly disappointed because I've never actually seen that movie. And, uh, well, I just don't know if I'm disappointed or not. I have no real doesn't matter well, um it's, oh, a, it's, a, it's a spiritual successor to the conversation uh with gene hackman just by the way we'll throw that out there the what what the conversation the con- with gene hackman it's a, anyway the- yeah yeah francis ford coppola i think back way back in the day anyways gene hackman's an enemy of the state as well it, they're tied together loosely with sorry <laughs> with the state or just the no 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 with enemy of the enemy state of the- enemy of the state okay enemy of the i state. got I got lost somewhere in there. Um, yeah, so anyway, long story short, no no history with the stay, totally going in fresh. I've never been a big comedy sketch person. Uh, you know, love comedy. I love sketching, you know, but but both together, it, it you know, it, it is that thing where, you know, for every, you know, good sketch, there's probably like two bad ones, you know? So if you're watching like, you know, a few an episode, like it, it doesn't always hit. Like I'm not like say a Saturday Night Live kind of guy. Like I'll watch the occasional skit if someone sends me a YouTube link, but I don't really go out of my way for it. So this was an interesting uh, subject to explore. Anyway, David, what about you? Yeah, I don't have a huge um, history with the state. I've been aware of it uh, just because um, especially in my twenties, I became just very aware a lot of, of a lot of like fringe comedy from kind of around this time. Um, it was not a show that I ever got into. Like I, I know, uh, you know, a lot of these people I've, I've watched and loved what hot American summer and, and Reno nine one one. Um, and I love anything that I, I see Thomas Lennon popping up in, um, I think is always great, but I, I was more like, I saw, I had friends that were into UCB, uh, the UCB show, which is another weird fringe uh, comedy yeah. sketch show. Um, some some Mr. Show with Bob and David, but never, never the state for some reason. I guess I just didn't know anybody that really watched it. And um, it wasn't until a few years ago, I was living in Charlottesville. I'd, I had a friend that was like pretty into the state. And I, and I didn't see any of like the skits, but they shared some some stuff with me. Like they had a, I think they had this gif. There was like the person they were dating uh, they used to send the the gif of the hormones back and forth a lot, and if you've seen <laughs> yeah. the the first episode of the state, you you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, that was really kind of my only like exposure um, until until today. It was a show that I'd always uh, and like SNL, like of course, and I remember people being really into like Mad TV. If I'm just going off of like my sketch comedy history. Um, but this was one that had never like made it my way, and I'd always been like a little bit interested uh, in in catching it, but I didn't know where it was for the longest time, and uh, and now I know, and now I've seen some of it. Uh, how was it? What did I think? What did Nick think? Did it hold up for Brandon? We're gonna find all that out. But first, Nick, can you tell us the world's history with the state? Sure can. So much as we've already established, The State was a sketch comedy series that aired on MTV from December 1993 to July 1995 with a total of four seasons. The cast consisted of the 11 members of the state comedy troupe and includes Kevin Allison, Michael Ian Black, Ben Garant, Todd Holobeck, Michael Patrick, Patrick, I shouldn't have screwed up on Patrick, but somehow I did. Michael Patrick, John, John, Jan, I don't know. Uh, Carrie Kenny, uh, who uh, was referred to by the cast as the only girl we need, which is mm, uh, Thomas Lennon, Joe Lo Truglio, Ken Marino, Michael Showalter, and David Wayne. Uh, John, Jane, John, whatever, and Wayne were also producers on the show. Uh, overall, the show received mixed reviews at the time, but has fared better critically as the years went on. The troupe says that contrary to popular belief, the show was never canceled. The troupe decided to move on and establish themselves outside of network TV politics. In the years since, the cast has continued to collaborate on a variety of projects, such as Reno 911 and Wet Hot American Summer. A reunion was planned, but delayed during the 2007-2008 screenwriter strike and never materialized. Womp womp. Womp womp womp. So I'll, I'll get a start and just say that like, so I watched like the first three episodes. I think, Brandon, you were, you basically told David, like you watched the first two and you basically have it, right? 
Uh, so I watched three because I'm an overachiever. <laughs> um, I don't know why I left, but uh, um, I was so distracted during most of it because I recognized so many faces um, from like some some from stuff that I've seen recently. Like um, I think Ken Marino, he's on this uh, HBO show called The Other Two or HBO Max show called The Other Two, and he's great on it. And I was like, oh my god, that's what he looks like, you know, twenty years younger or however long it's been. Um, and then other people where it was like Michael Ian Black, like I've definitely seen him in stuff. I can't remember the last time I saw him in something. Joe Lo Truglio, we know uh from Brooklyn. Brooklyn nine, nine, yeah. Nine nine. Um, and then I think people like uh, at least names that don't stand out to me, like David Wayne or um Michael Patrick, Jay, John, Juan, you know what I mean. Uh Ben Garant, like some of those names like don't stand out to me at all. Well, yeah, David Wayne, I primarily know just from like Wet Hot American Summer and like the Wet Hot American Summer spinoff shows, uh, which one is really great. One is uh, fine. Uh, but yeah, like like you, I recognized a number of these people. And Ken Marino, I knew I, I, the first thing I saw him in was, um, oh gosh, Party Down, Party Down, uh, which is a really bizarre not really bizarre but it's it's a pretty good show that was on i want to say stars has um i cannot remember anybody's name i can't remember of anything tonight well who played ben i had parent teacher conf- i had parent teacher conferences tonight so like it's amazing that my brain is functioning um who played ben on parks and rec what was his name uh, uh, some <laughs> i was about to say something Wyatt, but i realized that was the character's last name yeah. Um his face is named something. It's not Leslie. Where Adam? the heck is he? Adam, Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Adam, Adam Scott. Scott. Uh yeah. There's got like a young Adam Scott, a young Ken Marino, uh Jane Lynch is in it. It's it's a it's a pretty great show if you ever uh wanna wanna track that one down. Yeah. Lizzie Lizzie Kaplan, I think, is in it. Yeah, too. Lizzie Kaplan's in it. Yeah. Um Yeah, I uh, so other people you recognize, but that was kind of my first real exposure to to Ken Marino and like Thomas Lennon from you know Reno nine one one. Like both both were so uh good in those roles that whenever I see them in anything else now, the first thing my mind goes to is like, Oh hey, it's uh, Reno nine one one. Thomas Lennon. I had no idea the guy was from Reno nine one one. Like now I see it, but the last thing I saw him in I think was Santa Clarita Diet. And definitely, yeah, very, very different uh um style. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, th- those so those guys the the whole the whole team have just been around other than the state doing so many different things over over the years. I think uh Comedy Central pulled uh Thomas Lennon, uh Michael Ian Black and Carrie Kenny to do a show called Viva Variety that was on for a little bit and mm-hmm. it was kind of like a sketch show. It, uh, that was that was there for a while. Obviously, Carrie Kenny, Robert Ben Garant, uh, they went on to do Reno Nine One One. That they, they just came out with a new kind of the search the for search Q, for, yeah, search out for of, Q. Mm-hmm. on uh, yeah on Paramount Plus. Uh, obviously, Wet Hot American Summer. You've got Michael Showalter in that. You got Ken Marino, Joe Lowe, uh, and uh, a, a hand, Michael Ian Black is in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what we got to the eternal youth of. Of uh, my man crush, Ant Man, uh, who's, oh, who's Paul in that. Rudd, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah Party Down, Brooklyn Nine Nine. These guys have they have gone on to do a lot of different things, mm-hmm. and uh, like you, you mentioned David Wayne, and I, I he's like my spirit animal, honestly, <laughs> when it, when it comes comes to it, because he's directed he directed Wet Hot American Summer, uh, he directed this movie called The Ten, which which was kind of like a, a Ten Commandments joking movie. Uh, role models, you would know him. Uh, oh, for yeah. role models. Yeah, and who Joe Lo Troglio is in that, right? He's one of the uh, the uh, uh, LARPers oh, out, yeah. out there. Uh-huh. Uh, Wanderlust, the movie that came out uh, with, uh, uh, it, like they go to like a commune and had Jennifer Aniston in it. Um, and uh, a Netflix movie, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, which was yes, the- Yes, I remember his- that. Yeah, yeah, the history of uh, uh, National Lampoon, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like he's he's been around and has done a lot of directing behind the scenes, and um, yeah, it's, I mean, I can go down their all <laughs> their individual stuff. Like Thomas Lennon, Robert Ben Garant, they they are their script cleaners or the the cleanup script writers. Uh, so like they wrote 
the Night at the Museum movies. Oh. Uh, so they, they've got that. They've got that under the belt. They've, I think, not that this is their claim to fame at all, but I think they wrote the Herbie, the Love Bug remake with Jennifer or uh, Lindsay Lohan. I think you're right. That sounds so familiar. Yeah, they they did write that. Yeah. So they they've they've been around and they've like written books. All of them have written books. Like I read Michael Showalter. I have a book for him in the back. Michael Ian Black uh, just wrote a book not too long ago. It's a fairly serious book about being just a a, a good man and hmm. and learning from being a bad man. <laughs> you might rec- you might recognize him from uh, like We Love the '90s or I yeah, Love the '80s yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, that's there. You go. That's like their own personal biographer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that someone knew who could bring this knowledge to the show because I was like, yeah, I saw them in that thing. That that you know that thing. I mean, I think that's you know that's how it is for for most people, unless like unless you're like me and I see somebody in multiple projects and I'm like, well, I need to know their name now so I can point them out. Two people when I'm watching stuff with them, I'm like, hey, remember that guy? Yeah, he was in Reno 911. Like that, that's a disease that I have uh, that, <laughs> that there's no known cure for and um, will probably one day kill me. There's like there's a meme. I think it's it's from um, La La Land. I think it is, and it's Emma Stone looking off at like something else real just kind of uh you know just interested in whatever's going on off screen and then right next to her is ryan gosling and he's got his like fingers put together like and he's like explaining something and he's like being very serious and uh you know under emma stone it's like uh you know my family and friends watching a, a movie and then ryan gosling is me explaining the five other things we've seen this guy in before and uh <laughs> what's great in podcasting is is explaining a visual meme um but anyway that's me but uh, let's talk about the state a bit more i picked up on the transitions um the transitions really stood out to me because like they they did that thing where they tried to make each sketch kind of bleed into each other um to the point where i actually i i looked up what came first this or mr show because that was a thing that mr show did as well um, and I was surprised that this actually came first. And I, I don't know if there's like any kind of influence there. There wasn't like a lot of people that worked on both. Um, but I, I you know, I kind of like that when they do that like transition, you know, two people are walking in a scene and then the person that was running in the previous scene just runs right by them just to kind of, you know, transition but it. Isn't that, that's kind of something that happens in, at least in some of the like sketch comedy groups that I've seen. Um, I don't think I've ever seen a like full on professional one, but I, I remember them always calling back to certain characters that would suddenly show well, up in different skits. I mean, that, I mean, maybe, I mean, this, this was back in 1994, right? So for all I know that, that the ones I'm seeing in the last, you know, 10, 15 years are because of stuff like the state. Well, but, but I'm, I'm not meaning just like characters reappearing. I'm meaning like, um, there's the skit where the person is like, oh, why are we so itchy? It's because, well, we have fleas and it cuts over and there's a bunch of guys dressed like flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers playing bass. And then the next skit starts with that bass line coming out of a stereo or uh, there's like the, the first skit was like the people running and then the next skit is two people walking down the street and the person that was running like runs in between them. Like they would have these very explicit not that it all happened in the same world, because whatever, but uh, the transitions would be like, oh, here's something from the last skit at the beginning of the next skit sketch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, sketch I actually, skit. when I, I saw, like I said, I watched three episodes, so I'm obviously very well informed on this show. But the 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 third episode, I think, starts with the same, like opens with the same skit that the first episode does. It, it, is, it is different, obviously. But when it first came on, like it's almost the exact same thing. So I actually had to, I closed out the episode and went to double check <laughs> if I was actually still, if I had accidentally clicked on episode one again. Um, so yeah, anyway. Was that the Captain Monterey Jack? No, that, though that 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 there was one in episode two, and then there was another one in episode three. But uh, it was the 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 child calling for his mother because there's someone under the oh. bed. Oh. And in the second episode, the mother gets pulled under the bed. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Was Captain Monterey Jack the light? The light, like keep the lights on one or yeah. turn the lights off. I enjoy it. That. Uh, yeah, it's it's the one with with Michael Ian Black where he's he's. He's telling the he's doing he's the motivational speaker for the yeah. kids in the high school auditorium. Yeah, yeah, that was great. I like that that bit. 
I think in the the second one he does, he's like uh, about tying your shoes or something. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, yeah the the tran the transitions are the especially the first episode. I, I think they're they're most kind of pointed. Uh, I it is really cool, and I would love to know what the order of filming was for a lot of that stuff because in the state you have uh you have for all intents and purposes digital shorts yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna follow snl where like it, it's obviously pre-recorded it's on video it's a different film style and then you have you have bits where they're inside a studio and then another bit where they're like in front of a studio audience yeah and and some of those those transitions cross between each of those those style of mediums hmm. and and i'm interested in in that like were did they film in front of the audience and they're like oh well you know what let's put this in one of our our videos as well right yeah or or what the the method was i don't know i don't know how much uh because I, I know the reason when they did um with bob and david which was the netflix revival of mr show but they couldn't use the name mr show because that's owned by hbo uh they talked about what a pain it is to do that kind of transition where it leads one to the other. So they kind of, they kind of just dropped it. Um, but I, I, you know, I appreciate, and this is when they're like 20 years old. So you have the energy somehow to do, to do all this stuff. Um, but I very much enjoyed it. And I was going to mention one that, uh, that I forget now. Um, oh, oh, when you said like the, the, the different like styles <laughs> or like, you know, it was sometimes just pre-recorded stuff. There's one with Thomas Lennon, that that just cracked me up. I think he did a lot of the like little asides uh, that really got me from what I was watching. But there's one where it's like, you know, call me old fashioned, but I think that fire is magic and you can't convince me otherwise. And that's the skit. Call me old fashioned, but I think that fire is magic and it scares me a lot. Like that's just where it ends. That cracked me up. Call me old fashioned, yeah. but I believe we should worship the sun and the moon and fear them. Does that come back? Does he do that more? Yeah, he does. He does it. He does it oh, more. Yeah, old fashioned guy. Man, old fashioned guy. Because I, I love that. Because <laughs> that is truly old fashioned. I I liked um in the the. Um, the the Bigfoot skit there it's like they're it's like they're doing a nature document or whatever you know uh, paranormal document like we're we're you know we're finally located like you know Bigfoot and they're just in like some sort of investment firm office uh, but like like the 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 documentarians are all dressed up in like safari gear and then like they're like we found him. Uh, or they found his office and it's like, we don't know, you know, how long it's been since he's been here. And I, there was other stuff that I don't remember. And I'm probably going to butcher it. But I, I did. I like this enough that I wrote down the line where they were like, if Bigfoot, sometimes Sasquatch, sometimes Yeti, sometimes Scott Pullman, securities broker. I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Uh, what that that's good is so great because and I and I think I think it's similar with a lot of different state skits throughout the season is it starts with this absurd premise of the safari people on a nature documentary inside an investment firm looking for Bigfoot and calling Kevin Allison, who's this, this redhead guy in a, in a suit and tie. They're saying like, he's Bigfoot and he's getting pissed off. He's like, what are you guys even doing here? Uh, and, and the, the safari people are like, yeah, they're getting really protective about his kids. And then as they get further into the skit, all of a sudden, uh, Kevin Allison says, uh, he yells to his kids, run, run. And these two Sasquatch kids that are dressed <laughs> up as Sasquatches run out. And so it starts absurd, but then somehow it's it's the actual reality of that world <laughs> that there's a Sasquatch who's disguised himself uh, as, as an investment as, as a, as broker. Scott Pullman, securities yeah. broker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and that's and that's like the classics of of sketches. You got to keep heightening, and you've got to find that that thing. And when it works, is it really works? Like what we're talking about here. And the other one that comes to mind for me um, that I thought had that great buildup, it wasn't quite as absurd. Was the Doug sketch? I'm pretty sure it's Doug, where it's uh, Michael yeah. Showalter, uh, and he gets called downstairs by his dad, who's Thomas Lennon, <laughs> and and. It, Long story short, I mean, I love the whole thing of like, who do you think I am, Bob Dylan? It's like, dude, 
Uh, I don't know who that is, but I know he died of drugs. And Bob Dylan is not dead. Doug, do you even know who Bob Dylan is? No. But I know he died of drugs. <laughs> Doug, Bob Dylan's alive and well. I produced his last three albums. That doesn't go absurd in that same way, but the joke becomes that the dad, who is like this normal suburban dad, is so much cooler than this rebellious teenager. Uh, like he says, you want me to sell my hog and quit the Hell's Angels? Um, <laughs> and like when it works, it like totally works. But like all sketch comedy, when it doesn't, it's just... And not to say that it's it's bad, but it's not memorable. And uh, that just happens with sketch because you have to churn out so much stuff. Like there was the one where uh, where Joe Lowe is dating the mud wrestler. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. and it, yeah. it it was like she walks in covered in mud, and it's like so bizarre and kind of distracting. And then like it's like, well, we have this mud pit under the table, and it felt <laughs> like so many improv skits that I've been in, uh, where it's not it's not bad, but it's just like what is what? There's so much going on here that I can't ground myself and i think the ones that like work the best are do have that grounding of like oh it seems like it's just a normal accountant but then it's really a, a, a disguised sasquatch that's how i'm going to pronounce it now sasquatch <laughs> they prefer to be called scott pullman securities broker you're right my bad <laughs> my b yeah i i i think you're right about that david because like it, same thing with with classic comedy you always have the the straight man in mm. in the in the comedy duos like something to ground the the comedy to have that juxtaposition to that that tension that the the disconnect that makes something funny it's why i i just watched the naked gun uh, two, uh 22 or two and a half yeah uh, with, with my kid and leslie nielsen just does such a good job at playing everything straight straight laced that the absurdity of the 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 situations makes it that much funnier Mm -hmm. uh and and so like the the mud the mud wrestling skit sketch that you that you point out yeah i remember it but i remember not remembering it (laughs) right that makes sense yeah like when when, yeah when you saw it it's like oh yeah it's this one um and then one that wasn't like wasn't didn't up the absurdity but for some reason i really liked was the uh, kid's birthday party one. Yeah, oh. that was funny. There's <laughs> just these two guys who went to some little kid's birthday. And I think it's the, I think it's because they played it kind of as you were saying, they played it so straight. Like, it wasn't like, hey, man, this is a kid's birthday. We got to go. It's like, do you know anyone here? Nah, but let's hang out and see, like, you know, see what happens. And they're talking to kids about, yeah, first grade's pretty cool. Um, that that one I I enjoyed quite a bit. When rewatching it, I was, I didn't remember that, that one specifically. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh no, because it's in like the first or second episode. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh no, is this going to be a thing where looking back on it, <laughs> it's not, it's not appropriate. Are they going to do like some weird, uh, you know, underage? Right. Is he going to walk out with an arm around a kid or something? Yeah. 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 And I'm like, oh, oh no. Like this, maybe this wasn't a good show to to bring up. <laughs> uh, and, but it ended up still being very, very like clean. It was, it was a, it was yeah. a clean way to end that skit where they weren't talking about, they didn't do anything inappropriate like that. Just the absurdity of college kids being like, "All right, hey, thanks, thanks for having us over, Mrs. McGillicuddy, yeah. or whatever her name is, right. who doesn't question it at all." Yeah, she's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, come in." Like these guys come in with beer, and she's like, "Yeah, come in," uh, like that. That. And that is like when this kind of comedy works the best is like just playing into the reality. And I will say that like the state generally, whether or not they were all memorable, uh, it, it just played into the reality of the situations like so, so great that it, like nobody ever stopped and was like, oh, uh, wait, isn't this isn't this weird? Uh, like the running talk show episode <laughs> or sketch. Nobody was like. It's weird that we're running all the time. It's just all the guests were just like, okay, yeah, I'm running along with you. And that, even even like in its weaker moments, it's like, okay, you're playing to the reality of the scene. And that's what makes the ones that, that work so well work so well. And, and the, the, uh, the, first, the first episode, I that totally laid the groundwork, the DNA for a whitest, well, and also whitest kids you know. 
so much uh, DNA from the state over there. But the, the whole thing about like, you can't say, and I'm, you know, I'm going to say this and be taken away by secret service men, but you can't, you know, the whole thing, you can't say um, I'm going <laughs> to kill the president. Uh, there, there, they did make an underage joke in that sketch. And that was uncomfortable. Um, oh yeah. The, 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 um, the TV the, personality yeah, or whatever the you screen ta- talent. Oh, but, yeah, that's right. That's right. Michael Ian Black's little uh, on-screen personality or yeah, on-screen yeah. talent. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's a great "Whitest Kids You Know" sketch, which, which is all about. Uh, I think I just combined the words "skit" and "sketch" because my brain couldn't decide which one I wanted to say. Um, but there's this whole thing about like you can't you cannot say I want to kill the president, and there's, it just keeps going like all these things that like are totally not okay to say, but they're justifying it by saying it's not okay to say it first. And that that just had that exact same energy to me. Does no one know that? Yeah, I, I I did not watch the whitest kids. You know, uh, I'll, oh, to, I forgot to, about that group. To be to be honest with you, uh, I I did I did catch some skits later on, uh, like the uh, the the grape <laughs> the the grape commercial, um, where like you can't. It, it was like a commercial for like juice or or underwear like a kind of for the loom thing uh-huh. and it was like we will i will grape you in the mouth <laughs> and the executives are like you, you you can't say that like no this is really good i'm gonna tie you to a chair and grape you oh. you know it's a uh that's the skit i know from uh the skit, you know. yeah they i was a little bit surprised i thought the state was going to be a little bit edgier um just from like my perception of the people and not to say like it's not it's bad because it wasn't edgy but i thought there was going to be a little bit more like we're really like pushing the and maybe there are and i just didn't see it um but i I thought there'd be more like we're really pushing the line here huh well i i think i think if you compare it to i i already compared it to snl yeah for Uh, sure I, i think if you compare it to other things that were on tv at the time it was it was edgier in a way because it was more absurdist uh even um mad tv came out in 95 and i and i honestly i don't think i got in the state right at 93 or 94 i it was probably on for a little bit before i got into it um but mad tv was there and i like mad magazine a lot when i was a kid you know dude spy versus spy and folding the back cover and Mad TV was was saccharine, right? It was it was safe. Mad TV was was safe, and it wasn't. I don't. Know, it was it was traditional sketch comedy like SNL, and to compare it to the state, which was very short bursts of comedy, nothing really made sense, and it left you being like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> I watched it. I watched it with my ten year old uh, last last night. I don't. I don't censor him mostly, uh, and. He just kept looking at me and being like, I don't know what just happened there. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> I'm like, confused. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the Louie sketch. Um, yes. Which, with, which one was it? Was that the, the I want to dip my balls in it? Hey, I want to dip my balls in it. <laughs> I want to dip my balls in it. Ken Marino. Ugh. Ken freaking Marino. My 10-year-old's my like, you cannot say... That's that's part of the that's one of the lines you can't say anymore, Dad. Is I want to dip my balls in it. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, hey, Dexter, uh, you got you got some Neapolitan ice cream there? Yeah, I want to dip my balls in it. He's like, <laughs> Dad, you can't. Say that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it like it was just. I don't know if you've ever seen um, Kentucky Fried Movie or Amazon Women on the Moon. Uh, I have seen Kentucky Fried Movie. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the the Zucker brothers, Jim Abrams, yeah, they they had this movie way before Airplane came out, with, and it was basically a sketch comedy movie. It was, yeah. Where you just had it's real a, weird. A, yeah, a bunch of skets, sketches, a sketch. See, it's <laughs> happening. Said, it's happening. <laughs> and they're all they're 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 not really tied to each other. They're just a bunch of commercials in a in this long movie, and to me, that's what the the state felt like. Stuff that isn't tied together necessarily, but it's funny. Uh, and some are better than others, of course. But wow, I it, yeah, it, I it felt it. like a show that, like, if I had continued watching it, it would have like built up a debt of humor. Like, I as I got oh. to 
like like sort of appreciate the actors more and the skits and some of the familiarities i could see myself like enjoying it more and more but there was definitely this whiplash in the in the beginning where i'm just kind of watching the first episode and i'm like oh i guess that was funny like i wasn't really laughing it really wasn't until like towards the end of the second episode and the third one where i was like really chuckling along and and just like getting into it there there were a couple that definitely like made me made me laugh but there were also ones where i was like what is what 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 just ha-? like it was so fast what just happened like the the clowns versus pirates <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that one was so bizarre or the the, the like the amish, the amish versus, versus like the, the street, street gang, gang. <laughs> and then there's a bunch of nuns in the back like we'll fight you yeah that was that was pretty good uh that was pretty funny or the the family the crackers the family just comes over and eats crackers like just obnoxiously all over their living room yeah <laughs> i mean and again it goes back to that like you have 20 22 minutes to fill you know every week yeah. not all of these are going to be gold but yeah, when it hits it hits. It, I, I, th- I think it, I think what it does suffer from in a lot of shows suffer from this, especially when the comedy is is stemmed from references and, and what have you, is something is lost when you are now in modern day looking back at it. So that that clown, that clown versus or what is it, uh, clown versus pirate? Yeah, sketch, sketch, that. And on MTV at the time, they had these commercials that were that were talking about. Oh, that's right! Like, it was par- yes, it had the logo yeah. and everything. Yes, like the PSAs being like, "Hey, be careful! It's not cool to <laughs> do drugs, or it's not cool to fight, or or be in violence." And so there, there's a reference there that modern audiences, my son will never understand that he he's not there at the time, and he'll never be there at the time. But that's what that's referencing. Same thing with like a scary movie has a lot of those those modern day references at the time. Yeah, that you're you're gonna miss. Well, yeah, that whole thing of like oh Slash just living in the wall and uh, <laughs> we have we have fleas now. Like our jokes that I get, but like yeah, if I showed that if I showed that to my my girlfriend um, who just wasn't as pop culturally minded at the time of those things, she would be like, what? I don't get. <laughs> Well, why why are those guys dressed like that? Why, who who is what's fleas? Uh, yeah, there's totally some stuff. And like the well, we have the lead singer of the Spin Doctors on tonight. It, oh, yeah. It's like okay, that reference could have only happened in 1993. There's no other time that people would have been like, yeah, lead singer of the Spin Doctors. <laughs> also, Spin Doctors. You mentioned the Kentucky Fried movie made me look up the Kentucky Fried movie, and I'm remembering some of the the great sketches from there. And uh, boy, I, re- I really wish Cleopatra Schwartz was a real movie. Now that we're talking about it, um, <laughs> Big Jim Slade, <laughs> a fistful of yen, man. All of its Kentucky Fried movie is pretty good. I'll say it. Some of it's real weird, but the the good stuff in it is totally worth the time. Anyway the state uh anything else we haven't talked about from the state that anybody wants to to bring up the state i i don't know i mean it it was it definitely had some funny moments and the i'm glad that a lot of the cast at least um you know went on and did you know more like did other things Mm -hmm. um but it it definitely i'm thinking now like the like the opening like the song, I can't even think of what the lyrics are. It's just kind of like screaming it at you, you know? And, and almost like the opening is so, what's the word I'm looking for? Not juxtaposed, but like compared to like how the skits play out and kind of like what happens in the skits, like the opening feels so MTV, you know, for yeah. the 90s, like just kind of grungy, a little bit like edgy, but not actually edgy. I think we kind of made a similar statement earlier. And then you get into the skits where like people are eating crackers or I want to get my balls in it, which just doesn't, really gel with sort of like the the intersections they would do or the opening or closing credits like just young people in like denim jeans hanging out on a rooftop (laughs) (laughs) but that did have like a very 90s aesthetic to it um it looked it just was so much of its time yeah yeah no i i I, nick is right on the intro because it's it's like the 
right. and and every and every one of the character every one of the actors comes up and it shows their name and they go in front of the camera and then they step away and they all look they all look badass they all look mid 90s grunge and cool mm. and then they go into a sketch sketch about sex hormones or <laughs> uh, uh Barry Lutz monkey torture uh-huh. stuff like that <laughs> I think jeez oh, I think some of it too is like knowing these guys now and then seeing them in this i'm like look at these, look at little baby ken marino look at him he's a little baby guy thank you little baby ken marino <laughs> you like forget that some people had like you know periods where they were younger than they are well, they, than you know them currently you know yeah and i think because like these guys didn't take off until like the state helped them to take off but their careers really got bigger kind of after so then like to go back and see them before then it's just like oh dang look at them no, yeah. When when I was when I was a when I was a kid and I w- was watching the show, a couple of my friends would watch the show too, and I remember like trying looking at all these actors and and us picking which one of our which was our favorite, right? And like mine back then was I I, I swapped between uh, Thomas Lennon and uh, Joe Lou at the at Joe Lowe at the at the time. Uh, and now looking back at it, now seeing what they've all gone and done, all the the magnificent things they've they've gone and done, I'm like, hey, they are just they're just so damn great. I can't pick a single one of them because they're so they're they're all so awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, this is the part of the show we reflect. Oh, sorry, were you gonna say something? No, I was just calling them all bastards. Oh, <laughs> bastard peoples. Those jerks. Uh, Go home and bite my pillow. <laughs> This is the this is the part of the show where we you know we reflect we collect our final thoughts. Is this worth visiting today, or should it stay in the hall of memory? Brandon, you brought it here to us. Should people go watch the state, or you know just quote it with your friends if you got the memories? <laughs> I think that you know it, you're putting a lot of pressure on me because if i say the wrong thing and you guys don't think it's good then i then i look completely i will wrong. i will say i will say this, is a, this is a tough are accepted. one like sketch <laughs> sketch shows are a tough one i'm gonna so i'll give you that that out i i think in in some ways it's like finding a funny video on youtube and then sending it to your friend sending it to a brother or sister or girlfriend or husband whatever and and then having them watch it and then staring at them as they're watching the video, trying to get them to laugh at the same thing that you think is funny, but they, but they, but they know that you're watching them and wanting them to laugh. And so it puts them under a pressure that they don't want to laugh, but they feel like they have to. I don't want this to be like that. Right. I would, I would love to send a video to somebody and be like, there's no pressure. If you like it, here is, here is, Taco Delivery Man with Kevin Allison. He's a he's a mailman who stopped delivering mail and now he's just delivering tacos to people's mailboxes. I love that. I want that. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh just watch just watch it. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Uh Bearded Men of Space Station Eleven. Do you like it? Is it funny? Yay? If it's not, that's fine. That I think that's the the state, right? There are memorable sketches out there. They are ones that people are gonna laugh. And there's other ones that people are going to be like, that, that's really stupid. But I think where the the humor stems from, especially in older shows, like if you go back to watch the old, old SNL, that was a different generation. Our parents, our grandparents watched that. And they watch you and want you to laugh at the same things that they laughed at. But the society is different. Context is different. Uh, but you, as a, as a younger person, laugh at those things because it makes the other person happy. Mm. Like there, there's, it, there's a personal relationship with that joke and with that humor. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's almost, uh, uh, not historical, but it's legacy, legacy comedy. I, I totally, totally understand. This is such a tough one. Um, because like I'll, I'll sketch comedy, you know, even even SNL, it's heydays. People are like, oh, SNL is better in the 90s. No, you remember the good skits from the the collection DVDs that you watch with your friends a million times um, or that like still get passed around on YouTube. Like there was there was trash there as well. Not saying that uh, 
there's there's trash on the state, but I'm just saying, like in all sketch comedy, as we've said, there's there's lesser, and and I tried looking. There's not really the individual skits online, so it's really hard then to like find that best stuff and and pass it around. I really did enjoy some of what I saw on the state. Some of it again was just like so kind of confusing and, and random, and I would have loved that in my twenties, um, early twenties. Now I'm a little bit more like, uh, yeah, no, not for me. Not not totally my thing. I would love to see more of the best parts of the state, but unfortunately it's not like super available. So I don't know when I will. I'm probably not going to watch like full episodes, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't turn up my nose at it. I will say for me, sketch comedy wise these days, what's really doing it is um, I think you should leave by uh, with Tim Robbins on. Yeah. On Netflix, oh man, that that is that is great, great sketch comedy, fifteen minutes long, and because it's shorter, I feel like you get so much more gold out of it. Um, but the state, I enjoyed it, definitely would watch more of the the best of it if I had the the chance to. Uh, Nick, what about you? I mean, similar sentiments, I guess. It's it's something where if you were of that generation, even if you didn't. Um watch it at the time but much like myself i think that you know there were some references i maybe didn't get uh some uh that I, that i think today's people would not get that i definitely did and it could appreciate it more so it's more and so it's it's sort of a split between like it's harder hard to recommend it for today's generation um because they've sort of figured out their own stuff that they want to do their own references and all of that and you know they might find some inspiration. They might know some of the references. They, like you said, on like a skit by skit basis, there's definitely stuff that's very enjoyable. Uh, if you are of the generation of the state, but never necessarily caught it, then I would say, and if you enjoy sketch comedy, then yeah, go for it. Well, all right, those are our opinions. You out there, let us know what the best uh, best sketches are. I'm not going to say you know, let us know for right or or for wrong. Um, because we're not saying you should avoid the state. It's just because it's so of its time. It's not going to be for everyone. But if there's like a really great sketch that we didn't mention, you think we we should uh, have or should see, let us know. I will totally go find the episode and watch it. I, I would love to see more of the best of what's there. That's going to do and, it. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I just I, I just wanted to throw out this this last point about uh, the this anti comedy, uh, which oh, yeah. like Tim and Eric. Uh, Mr. Show, uh, I think you should leave. There's a there's an anti comedy aspect of of those those shows. Like in I think you should leave. There's the one skit about they're sitting at the dinner table with their old professor, oh, yes. uh, and and he's like, "You gonna eat that? Just kidding, just kidding." Uh, and and he just keep he keeps going until he's like, "Can I have a bite of that?" Just and then he takes a bite of it. And he's like, "I'm gonna eat the whole thing." Like the whole, and yeah. so that's 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 a whole gag. Uh, it's very it's very awkward. It's very kind of uncomfortable humor. And it's not necessarily funny on its face. Like the table sketch, and I think you should leave too. Another kind of absurd sketch. Uh, and I think that that the state had some of that DNA of this anti comedy where it's absurd. It it's not, on its face. It's not very funny all the time. But if you lean into the absurdity, uh, same thing with Tim and Eric. Same thing with I Think You Should Leave, which is produced by, I think, uh, Eric and Tim. Then, uh, yeah. And Bob Odenkirk is in I Think You Should Leave. So yeah. I think they're all it's all tied together. It, it's all DNA connected. One. And I'm, I mean, I'm just so surprised at how early the state was because there are these other, like, I, would, I thought Upright Citizens Brigade and Mr. Show, all that stuff came first. Um, but it came later. And I'm sure... Uh, in in there are ways in which the state influenced them. Like its its influence is definitely seen, I think, throughout sketch comedy, um, and and probably still continues to be because I know a lot of sketch comics these days. Um, that's that's still very much a thing. Look up look up local comic shops or comic shops comedy um comedy venues, and I I, I mean, look up comic shops too. There's some good books out there. Well, yeah, and I'm Saga. sure. Saga, Saga's great. Saga's back. Saga's yeah. back. Free Rick and Morty comics all over the place. Uh, Brandon, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, gents. It's always a pleasure. 
And hopefully I, I didn't uh, go too long and make you hate me so much. Oh, <laughs> never, never. But if people, because uh, they're not to do anything them. to make us hate you. Yeah, <laughs> just it just happened. Uh, <laughs> if if people want more of you, well, as they should, uh, where can people find you? Sure, sure, sure. I am on Twitter at Barnyard Cruise, C-R-U-Z, more Penelope than Tom. And uh, Apathetic Enthusiasm, it's at Apathusiast on Twitter. If you want to get that Rick and Morty show, it's at Rick and Morty Pod on Twitter. And if you care about sports, then Rounding the Bases is at Rounding the B. Uh, they say rounding. What does the B stand for? They say the butthole, but obviously it's rounding the bases. Whatever. All <laughs> right. Well, check that out. Uh, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick, thanks for being here. Thanks. Thanks for having me, David. Thanks for letting me back on time and time again. Oh, of course, it's not the show without you and without, uh, without everybody's favorite part, which happens now. Nick, where can people find you? Oh, yeah, it's true. Well, you can still find me on Instagram at palblamshazam underscore art or on Twitter at palblamshazam. And if people want to find me, it's Davluz, D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter and Instagram. Find me there. Of course, you can find the show. Hit me one more pod and all the socials. Hit me one more time.com slash contact. All the ways to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh... I don't know why I'd, I, I thought I had other stuff to say, <laughs> and I don't. So why don't we just go ahead and wrap this up? Listening audience, we do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, you can't move forward if you're always looking back. We'll see you next time. Hey! Hey!